was I was asked to sing this. I sung the song a couple of weeks ago Sunday night, and I was asked to sing the song again. And I'm actually I wrote the song Arcane. I'm tying God's Not Dead song in it. And the movie coming out this Friday. So if y'all haven't seen that movie, y'all really need to go see that. And excuse me for like looking hard left to my lyrics. Surely alive and he's living 
Miss Barlene has our special this morning.
what an appropriate song, and uh, when our strength is almost gone, how, what better time is there to fall on our knees? Last week, we were looking at Philippians chapter 3. We're going to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. And uh, matter of fact, this, the title for this morning's message, not only, you know, whenever I was preparing it this week, thinking about Brother Joel and my friend, you know, and how many times and how many different ways can you ask the question, where do I go from here? Where do I, but we've all asked that question. Where do I go from here? Sometimes you reach a point in your life where you don't know exactly which way God wants you to go. And I'm just, where, where do I go from here? You know, and Paul was this way. Several times and you think, well, he's got it all figured out. It's the great missionary Paul. It's the, it's the most famous guy in the, in the Bible besides Jesus, the apostle Paul, the fellow who wrote half the New Testament. He's got it all figured out, the apostle Paul, but he didn't always have it all figured out. He was a regular guy, just like me and you, except, of course, he gave everything he had. To serve Jesus, to serve the one who saved him. And he's writing this letter from prison. And I guarantee you, whether you're fighting some sort of illness, or you're fighting a family problem, you're fighting a situation of, maybe you're going through a situation of discouragement, or depression, disappointment, I don't know, job, it, it, I don't know what it may be. You may be struggling in, in, with uh, your life at work, your life at your marriage, your life at home, your health, your spiritual condition. You don't know where to go, and you may be in a prison. Maybe not bars, maybe not metal, but you may be in a prison this morning. I don't know. But let's all stand again for the reading of God's holy word. In Philippians chapter 4, beginning with verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Father, bless your word this morning. Bless our missionary, Joel and Anita. Father, bless their family. Bless their kids. Bless our church. Thank you for helping us. Help us to learn where to go from here. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for your standing. I get you up and down. I'll, I'll wake you up. And uh, some of you are tired or sleepy and thinking about, uh, where do I go from here? Again, I, I think about <clears throat> our church and our love for our missionary, Joel and Anita. Though they're separated by distance, they, here they were separated by distance. We're separated by two and a half hours from here to Little Rock, and they're living there and 
And I'm so thankful that they have a, a church that's helping them out, Faith in North Little Rock. They've uh, fell in love with the people there, and the people have ministered to them. And so I, I, this, you know what this tells me? This tells me that no matter where God's man is, God will have somebody there to help them. Have you ever thought about that? And that's the way faith is treating them right now. Faith in North Little Rock is ministering to their needs and to their family. That's great when we can't be there. It's kind of like uh, whenever he's, Brother Joel's described me whenever he went to Belize and the apprehension, the question marks, but then God gave them some friends. God gave them some and even answered many prayers concerning their uh, settling in. And I think about that. No matter where we go, God has somebody to encourage us. Now, in a minute, we're going to be talking about encouragement. You may be the one that needs encouragement this morning. You may think, well, what about me? You're asking us to be an encouragement to somebody else. Well, you say, well, what about me? Maybe I need encouragement this morning. And uh, if I skip down to uh, verse 10 real quick, just as part of this uh, introduction and looking at this, verse 10 It says, uh, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Which means this, the church at Philippi wanted to help Paul in prison, and they sent a guy to help him. But they lacked opportunity. You know, we lack opportunity sometimes. Uh, Brother Joel, I just, you know, I, I, I could tell he's discouraged. I want to give him a hug through the phone. But uh, there's distance there. You may not have the opportunity sometimes to encourage others. You can send them a, a nowadays, you can send them a text. Uh, you could call them. Let people know that you're, that you care This missionary in prison, Paul, he's writing this, and he's sharing with this church what they needed. First of all, let's back up to what I just read. And 4 through 6 is what I read, but we're going to jump on 4 through 7 real quick. And that is our outlook outlook is based upon our uplook. And uh, let's just deal with this real quick. In verse 4... It says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say we rejoice. What does that mean to rejoice? Rejoice is this. I mean, think about it. There's some people in this room right now. If you say, if I were to tell you, hey, I would like for you to rejoice. You know what you'd say? What is that? What is rejoicing? But many of us can't rejoice. Number one, we're not in a position to rejoice. Rejoice just simply means this. To be exceeding glad. It means to to be glad and let it overflow in your life. To rejoice. What do we have to rejoice about? Is there anything in your life that you can rejoice about? Well, it says right here, rejoice in the Lord always. 
all the time to be exceeding glad to thrive about the Lord, to let people know about the Lord. Some churches that you go to look like they've been, uh, uh, if you've ever been into a green persimmon, that's what it looks like. Or or maybe not a dill pickle, but a sour pickle. Just bite into it and something's just, you know. And this is our form of rejoicing. Oh, I love the Lord. And I'm rejoicing. And it's all, I mean, it comes out, it just comes out all in us. You know, to rejoice. And it says rejoice. I have nothing to rejoice about. That's why he said rejoice in the Lord always. Where's he writing from? Prison. And he's saying rejoice. I mean, and think about it. His best friend at that time was Epaphroditus, who was the helper that Philippi, the church at Philippi, had sent him. And he and Philip, he almost died. Epaphroditus almost died. And he's saying, man, I'm so glad that he's able to be here with me and help me. And then it says in verse 5, it says, "Let So not only rejoice, but let your moderation... You know what moderation means? Your your helpfulness, your courteousness. Am I a courteous person? It, let your courteousness be known unto all men. And then in verse 6, it goes on. I've called this, are you a warrior or a warrior? <laughs> are you a warrior or a warrior? There's, it's easy to get tongue-tied on those two, but look at verse 6. Be careful. That means if you have a King James Bible, it says be careful. And if you have a different version, it probably says be anxious for nothing. In other words, don't worry about anything. That's really the way you could phrase up that first fragment of that verse. It says be careful for nothing. Don't worry about anything, but in everything by prayer in supplications, let your uh, <clears throat> with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Somebody said this one time: prayerlessness re- results in carelessness, powerlessness, and uselessness. Think about that. If you're a child of God, prayerlessness results in carelessness powerlessness and uselessness i mean think about it can god use a prayerless christian not for much (laughs) i mean that's that's where we get our power that's where we get our orders i mean paul's what did he say in first thessalonians 5 17 he said pray without ceasing So we're to pray, we're to have an attitude of prayer, we're to have a focus of prayer, and if we want any power in our church, we must be a church that if we want to be in good standing with God, we have to get on our knees. So to be in good standing with God, to have power in our our church, to have power in our life, we must be a praying people, a praying church. Now again, I ask you, are you a warrior or a warrior? Are we worrying more than we're praying? Okay, well, think about this. Let's just follow this. 
I mean, are, are these sentences just random? Did somebody just take a, a bunch of uh, pebbles and just drop these sentences on the map? No, guess what? God inspired Paul to write this down. Look at it. Verse 4, what does it say? Rejoice. Verse 5, what does it say? Be nice to everybody. Courteous. Verse 6, be a prayer warrior. If you do verse 4, 5, and 6, you'll get verse 7. I'm telling you, I don't think it's an accident. I think God actually inspired Paul to put this in this order. It's not an accident. What's verse 7? And the peace of God. Matter of fact, I looked this up in four different dictionaries of peace. And our, you know, think about this. There's always a synonym in the English language. And one of the definitions for peace is freedom from worry. I read that and I said, no. Freedom from worry. How many of you say, how many of you could say right now, right now, Brother Michael, I have freedom from worry in my life? Do I have any takers? Anybody? Freedom from worry. Think of it. So what are, we, what are we missing in your life and my life? What are we missing? If peace, if one of the definitions is freedom from worry, also there's other definitions like tranquility, to be, uh, to be without conflict. That's, that's an easy one. If a country is at peace, okay? <clears throat> so, I, folks, I, I would love verse 7. I don't know about you, but I would love verse 7. And I don't care whether, again, whether you're facing family problems, health problems, whether you're facing, uh, no matter what you're facing in your life, I would love to say, Brother Michael, Lord, I would, would love to be free from worry. Is it a possibility? According to the Bible, yes. And the peace of God. It's, so where does it come from? Well, it says it right there. Do y'all have it in y'all's Bible? It says it mine. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep. Real quick, I'm just flying. I'm just going to hang out. We don't really have any verses to chase. We're going to stay here. Just for a few minutes longer, I know there's cake and ice cream. You don't think that's a temptation to me this morning? There's cake and ice cream over there. I'm preaching as fast as I can. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep. Guess what the word keep is? I looked that one up just wondering, is there anything there? Keep. And you know what it means? Guard and protect. Because sometimes, listen, we use English keep, English keep like, I'm. hey, these are my keys, Brother Ed, I'm keeping them. <laughs> but to keep it, say, he wanted my keys. Brother Michael, I want your Dodge truck. I really like your Dodge truck. I want you, I'm going to keep it, I'm going to protect this, which means I'm going to guard it and keep it. And guess what this says right here? And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall guard and protect what? That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Shall guard and protect what? Two things, your hearts 
and minds through Christ Jesus. Well, the last point, there's only two points to this message. Somebody said amen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) An encouraging word can have an everlasting impact. An encouraging word can have an everlasting impact. Have you ever thought about... Now, what I want to do is I want to skip down to verse 13. It's the most famous, probably the most famous verse in this book. Most of you have it memorized. If you can't quote it, you can code it. (laughs) That means get close. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Folks, if the only way, the only way that he could say, this is one of those where it all ties together. The only way he could say verse 13 is if verse 10 through 12 happened. So, first of all, he said, I rejoice that you took care of me. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I've learned in whatsoever state I am. I am therewith to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things, I am instructed to both be full and be hungry, to abound and suffer need. All of this, folks, the only way he could utter verse 13 is he had a church that encouraged him. Now, think about that. I was reading a biography one time about this uh, particular Air Force captain, Captain O'Grady. I think his first name was Neil, but I may be wrong. I didn't jot it down, but it's a neat story. When the uh, Bosnia and Chechen uh War was going on. We had some Air Force uh, maneuvers and um, missions going on over Bosnia and Chechnya and that area right in there. <clears throat> anyway, and he was shot down. They were hunting for him, and if he would have been captured, he could have been killed or a, a, a POW tortured for information. He ran and hid in the woods, and he used all his Air Force survival training skill to escape capture and to survive on little of nothing with his little uh, elements that he had. But he said when he finally uh, was rescued, he said this, one thing that helped me through every night I was by myself. It was just, I don't remember how many, a couple of weeks that he was running and hiding. He said this, my hope was I knew that everything that could be done was being done to help and find me and get me out. Folks, one of the most powerful words in your life this morning is the word hope. And if you have no hope, then we can be easily overwhelmed. One of the most encouraging things that you can do for somebody is to give them hope, to give them an encouraging word, to let them know you care. 
<clears throat> whether you're sending somebody a text, a note, whether you're calling them and telling them, hey, I just, less than 20 seconds you can tell somebody you care for them and you're praying for them. And so he says here, after seeing verse 10 through 12, he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And he wraps it up with just a few more things. Number one, I need, to, need you to remember, in verse 15, there's a key. There's a key to verse 15. You may be the only one that encourages somebody. Think about that. There's about 200 people in this room this morning. Everybody is thinking somebody needs to call, text, or encourage them. What if nobody does it? What if you are the only one who actually does it? Who actually invites somebody to church? Who tells them Jesus loves them? You may be the only one. We had the opportunity last night to go see a movie about a college kid that stood up for his faith. He was the only one in the entire college classroom, about 70 to 80 kids, who said, they all said, I will say there is no God. One of them said, just one, only one. I can't do that. I believe there is a God, and I'm going to stand up for him. He went to his pastor for encouragement. And his pastor asked him about the situation. His pastor said this to him. He said, if you're the only one, then you know what that means? You are the only person that can offer them Jesus. The only one that will stand up. Look at verse 15. Now, when, now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but how many? But you only. There was only one church that communicated with Paul. You may be the only one that encourages somebody else. I don't know what you're going through in your life. Are you the only one? You say, well, what about me? Did you know that if you encourage somebody else, God will have somebody encourage you? If you need encouragement this morning, start by encouraging. Even if you say, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like encouraging. I don't want to encourage anybody. I don't want to. But if you'll do it, God will see to it that somebody encourages you. And then he says in verse 18, what I call just a little good news. But I have all and abound. I am full. He's not talking about his stomach. Have y'all ever had a time in your life where you just felt, God says, I'm right here. It felt like his presence was right there. And you felt a contentment. There's not, it doesn't happen all the time. But it's overwhelming and it's awesome. And Paul was saying, I'm full because I've received Epaphroditus and the things that you've done. And then lastly, in closing, I want us all to look at verse 19. 19. You say, well, Brother Michael, I, I just don't know what the future holds. 
God hasn't given me any hope, any encouragement. But you know what verse 19 says? Yeah, I know it says, my God shall supply all your needs. But I don't have everything right now. That's why he said it future tense right here. He will. He will. I'm really struggling right now in my life. I don't have any peace, but he will give it at the right time. If you turn to him, I don't know what the answers are, but he will give it at the right time. Shall, will, it is, it will happen as we prepare for a hymn of invitation. I want uh, Brother Norman, our musicians, to get ready. What about you? Maybe, maybe you need that encouragement. Maybe you need to come pray at the altar and just say, I, I, I need some encouragement. I need God's strength for encouragement. Where do I go from here? That's a great question to ask. Think about where do I go from here? What does God want me to do with my life? And and folks, that's, that's total surrender. If you'll tell God that this morning, God, I don't know where to go. He will supply. I don't know what to do. He will supply. Going back to verse 19. I don't think I can handle this anymore. Claim verse 13, I can do all things through Christ. That's through Christ. Claim that. Give it to God. Even if you don't have any, all the answers, give it to God.